say the word Christian, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Not one time has anyone ever said to me, oh, Christians, they're, they're the ones who dispense grace. The Lord, look what you have done. You use this light to bring all these people here so that I may preach the word. And I just fell in love more and more with Jesus and with his church because of the way that Christians could stand with me and weep with me and walk with me and not think that suddenly I was going to be all cleaned up because you know what? They weren't all cleaned up either. Hello and welcome to the Post-COVID Church. What now? The mission, energizing Christians to engage the lost and hurting in your community. Here's your host, Stuart Kellogg, author of The Post-COVID Church. Hello and welcome. The most recent What Now? The Post-COVID Church podcast on sexuality and the church touched a nerve. Some were amazed that a mainline church like the United Methodists would condone a drag queen preaching on the mystery of queer holiness. It forces the reader to wonder whether the story of Christ can be seen through a lens of queerness, through a lens of drag, even. Others wanted to know more about what these words mean. Continue to love on people. I, I want to stress that. I want to stress the fact that I love every gay person. And how exactly they're lived out. On this podcast, a deeper dive into grace. I have a good friend, a Christ follower, who's a bit pessimistic about the effectiveness of the church's ability to engage with the culture. After listening to sexuality in the church, what's the big deal? He had questions about how the church, pastors, and members can walk that line between reinforcing clearly biblical sexual standards while remaining Christ-like in their engagement. In fact, without more context, it's fair to say he's not convinced I illustrated how it can be done. She was so hurt and devastated because she felt unwanted. That's Doc Cooper, founding pastor of Agape Christian Fellowship in Jackson, Mississippi. He told me a story about a woman so hurt by the church, she wouldn't come inside. She just was stand outside in the foyer. I followed up with Doc to dig deeper into this story of grace. She felt like uh, no church would ever love her or anything like that because she was practicing homosexuality. The woman, whose name I've been asked not to use, lived right across from the church. She met Pastor Cooper because her little daughter wanted to be in church. Eventually, this mom came inside to worship. Her partner started attending too. The word that was shared never changed, that this lifestyle is not acceptable. We don't even consider this a marriage. We, you know, Whatever it is you guys have going on, uh, we're praying for you that God will deliver and that God will heal you. We're not stopping you from coming in because we believe all sinners should be in church. Not only myself, my ushers and everyone else was instructed, hey, we want to continue to love on this family. We want to continue to love on each one of these people and show them the love of Christ. Later, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. I think we had a conversation one day, and I was sharing with her not only my love, but I also sharing with her that we didn't believe in same-sex marriage. We didn't believe in, in lesbianness. We didn't believe in those things, but we believed in her. 
We believe that God wanted to use her. We believe that God was using her right now. And I was using the example of the young, the, the little girl. I said, this little girl is actually getting the word of God because you brought her. Now you telling me you don't believe, but this little girl is here because of you. God is using you. Whether you see it or not, God is used. So I started pointing out to her how God was using her, not only to bring the little girl, but I told her, I said, now even your friend is in the church. I said, so, you know, we have some things here where God is actually moving. And I think it was the kindness that really started to break down her, her walls. I won't say she denounced this, but she did accept Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior um, to what depth or what understanding we did our very best to walk her through what the word of God says, but even on your deathbed or even in, you know, last days of life, we recognize that that's going to be between her and God. Um, but there that happened. She asked Pastor Cooper to conduct her funeral. Doc says God was moving. All of her friends could not believe she was having a funeral in the church. We literally, Stuart, had about 100 people who were uh, all a part of the LBGQ community, the alphabet community, if you will, right? Um, uh, so so they, they were all there. But I took the opportunity to preach the word of God to each and every one of them. I, I was so excited about it. I said, Lord, look what you have done. You use this lane to bring all these people here so that I may preach the word. Now, here's what I will tell you. I don't know if they were transformed. I don't know. None of them ever came back to the church or anything like that. But I will tell you for 45 minutes, they got to hear the word of Christ and they got to hear what thus saith the Lord about us living, accepting Christ, our personal Lord and Savior, and understand the difference between sin and what uh, Christ teaches. Revisiting this story made me think of Rosaria Butterfield and Grace. She tells her story in The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. She was a lesbian, a women's studies professor at Syracuse University who'd just written a column condemning Promise Keepers, a biblically-based movement focused on helping men restore the family. Responding letters poured in, and one stood out. A local pastor lovingly probed her worldview, asking, for example, on what she based her moral decisions. She accepted an invitation to dinner, and for the next two years, the pastor and his wife met with Rosaria. They met her gay friends. They discussed the gospel and politics. She studied the Bible. Finally, she visited the church, gave her life to Christ. What drew her to Christ? Grace and time. And, and quite frankly, when I first became a Christian, I was terrified because I fully expected the elders of my church to be standing in the back of my 300-person uh, feminist theory class, you know, with placards like the kind I used to see at gay pride marches. Um, and I was really terrified. She told the Gospel Coalition that this church provided a model responding to a woman thirsting for something more. And what I was really surprised by about Christians was that they gave me the grace to work out my relationships 
and they understood that I was not a blank slate and that this wasn't going to get all cleaned up in a day. And the other thing that really amazed me about, about Christians was that they were, they, were, they were almost, I don't know, they were so sensitive to the fact that I had lost something that I valued. You know, nobody said to me, well, pfft, Rosaria, that was sinful. Let's, you know, let's move on. Nobody said that at all. I mean, people knew that, that my, it was a sinful relationship, but my, my ex-lover was an image bearer of a holy God. I was also amazed at how kind these Christians were to the people I had left behind there. And I learned that the biggest sin in my life was unbelief, not homosexuality. I learned that Jesus, uh, that Jesus, the blood of Jesus covered the sin not only of my uh, enormous legacy of sexual uh, lust and other things, but also my tepid relationship to the Bible. And, um, and I just fell in love more and more with Jesus and with his church because of the way that Christians could stand with me and weep with me and walk with me and not think that suddenly I was going to be all cleaned up because you know what? They weren't all cleaned up either. Rosaria Butterfield is now a pastor's wife, talking to churches throughout the country, throughout the world, about how grace and, of course, Christ changed her life. Author Philip Yancey, in his book Vanishing Grace, makes a powerful case that one of the reasons the evangelical church in the West is shrinking is that we too often forget that the amazing grace from God we received is supposed to flow out to what Yancey calls those thirsting for what Christ offers. Here's what he said at HTB Church in Bye. London. When I'm with a stranger, say a seatmate in, on the tube or the airplane or something, I, I would say, uh, you know, I'm conducting a survey, I'm a writer, I'm writing a book, and I wonder if you could help me. Oh, sure. When I say the word Christian, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Be ready. <laughs> You'll hear about the Crusades, about the Inquisitions, about hypocrites, about uh, uptight right wing, you know, you hear words like this. Not one time, has anyone ever said to me, oh, Christians, they're, they're the ones who dispense grace. <laughs> they're the ones who are more loving than anybody else. And, and yet that's what we're called to do. Hebrews 12, 15 has become kind of my motto in the NIV translation. It says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. And that's our call. That's what we were called to see to it that no one misses the grace of God. If we don't demonstrate that grace, the world will not see it or encounter it in any other way. There have never been more thirsty folks needing to hear and live the good news. The post-COVID church has a terrific opportunity. As long as we remember to share the grace we receive. As this podcast proves, I love to hear from listeners. It's how this project can touch more people. It's easy to get in touch. Just write at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Stuart at thepostcovidchurch.org. I'd love it if you'd love this podcast on your platform and share it with someone who could benefit. Thank you again for listening. I'm Stuart Kellogg. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Post COVID Church What Now with your host, Stuart Kellogg. 
For more information, visit thepostcovidchurch.com and you're invited to join the Post COVID Church Facebook group. Please share the Post COVID Church podcast with your friends.